0: Welcome to the podcast 20, going on 50,
1: this is Lawson Campy, your 20-year-old Gen Y, and Rich Campy, your 50-year-old Gen X. This
0: podcast is focused on bridging the multi-generational gap within business. We'll be highlighting business owners, influential leaders, executives, and more in 20, going on 50.
1: Sky Visions is more than just a productions company to him and his clients. It is an experience. Cameron Glenn is a 22-year-old award-winning cinematographer with over 1,500 videos made for his clients in less than three years. His work has been in Wall Street Journal, HGTV, Mecklenburg Times, and more. He left his promising college career a few years back when he was just 20 years old to pursue his passion for filmmaking. Cameron's unique editing style completely redefines what videography can do for your next project or wedding. With hundreds of videos being produced in just his first few years, it is easy to say that the sky's the limit for Sky Visions USA.
0: All right, welcome to the podcast. We are very excited to be with Cameron Glenn of Sky Visions USA today. He's the owner operator of a company that's very unique in what they do because they. They do video and leverage drones for all types of different venues, whether that's real estate or special events, but really leveraging modern technology innovations with the drones. And so welcome to the program, our podcast here, 20 going on 50 bridging the multi generational gaps. Hey Cameron, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. So tell us a little bit more. Um, How'd you get started? and how long you've been doing this and a little bit more about where we are. Yeah, so
2: uh, I'm 22 now, about to be 23. I started whenever I was 19, uh, and it actually started, SkyVisions was all aerial production. I thought I was gonna be the drone guy. I saw drones were doing really well and that's what I wanted to get into, but as things have gone on, I realized that tools are more of a piece to the puzzle. Not many productions are fully drone. Uh, so we turned more into just a productions company in general that specialized to be able to do that aerial videography. So I've uh, been in business for three years now, and now we're doing everything from weddings to TV commercials to uh, social media videos, you name it, we, anything with a camera.
0: Wow, excellent. So what made you do this? Like, I think you were in college, right? And you actually had to make a decision if you were going to stay in college, leave college, which you know I think is a really challenging, that's a pretty challenging
2: decision to make. Yeah, and and the decision, so to start it, first of all, I, there was never a piece of me that wanted to leave college. I wasn't finding an excuse to leave college. That definitely came later. I I started because I was already a creative. I was a musician. I was doing a lot of marketing work uh, prior to that. And eventually I just had the idea of whenever I was working in marketing, the biggest problem that we had and the biggest expense that we had was, was hiring people to make professional content. Uh, so when I got out of that, I was like, well, that's, that's where the money is. That seems like an incredible job, being able to go out and do all these cool things. Uh, so I drained my bank account. I had, a, I think, $1,500 in my bank account at the time. I put everything into getting a new camera and a drone uh, down to, I think I put myself at like $40, which would have you know, given me enough food to eat for the week uh, and just went at it. So I, I, never, I didn't drop out and then do the business, which I think is an important factor. It wasn't trying to drop out to make money. It was to the point where I started in college. I was in college while doing it. I had a lot of free time after classes and stuff that I was able to pursue that. So it got to the point, the only reason that I did drop out is because I was actually losing money from being in college. I grew it to the point where it wasn't an option. I had to drop out.
1: And what were what were your parents' thoughts uh, approaching this and starting a company in general and then going forward and wanting to drop out or
2: telling them and how did you approach that as well? As far as my parents, uh, it was, um, they they weren't re- they didn't really know exactly what I was doing in the beginning because to them, it's just a side business. Maybe in the same way that in the beginning, you were washing cars. Rich might not have known every aspect of how many cars you were washing, how much you were charging and all that. So in the beginning, they just saw me kind of doing a side hustle. And it came to summer, whenever it was time to not do my summer job, which was managing a pool, I said, I'm going to do this instead. And they were a little bit concerned. They're like, you know, that was good money there. Are you confident that you could do it? I was like, yeah, I want to take this full time for three months, see what I can do with it. Uh, so by the end of it, I believe the conversation was – that I wanted to drop out. I think this was something I could facilitate full time after doing it for the summer. Cause I grew amazingly during the summer. Uh, And it was upsetting going back to school and losing all those clients and connections and stuff that I had during the summer. So uh, my parents actually set financial goals for me uh, to kind of give me the approval to leave school. Uh, They gave me like, I had to have a certain amount of cash in my bank account. I had to have a certain amount of volume to show them that I could supply for myself and be self-sufficient. And by the end of it, you know, came time to it and they they agreed that it'd be a good idea and that i made something that could definitely make a life for myself so uh, i dropped out in december so
0: that's pretty cool so you had this conversation with your parents and they it sounds like they helped to you know you guys together co-created some goals and and created a launching pad said okay if you can do these things then we're buy-in versus just a flat out no which i think we can see that happening in many situations like not an option
2: Oh, it, it was a no, because I mean, any guy, any, any kid that's going to go to his parents and say, I want to drop out of school, it's a no. Until, it's a no. <laughs> it took a few times. And eventually I sent my dad a text message because it's better for him. He likes to read and get it all at once instead of just getting the no in his head. So I said, just please read this whole thing out. Uh, and, and I explained to him what my goals were, what exactly I thought I could do with it. And that's when he said, like, I'm going to have some, some bars to meet. And when you meet those bars, that's when I'll feel comfortable and kind of give my blessing to it. Uh, but the other thing too, wow. when it, when it came to dropping out of school, it's not all like you think about like for me dropping out of classes and the things that kids don't like i left every single one of my friends i left everything that i knew that was the first place that i ever lived on my own so there was a lot of anxiety behind it too it wasn't just leaving school it was leaving everything that i knew to go to a new city and be a hundred percent on my own with nobody that i knew so it was a huge commitment to me that i'm this is all i'm gonna have sky visions is everything i have got to put everything into this or else i did all this for nothing and i lost the best four years of my life there so it and, was a lot of anxiety
1: and like you said you're you know leaving your friends and, and where you lived by yourself the first time were your friends kind of hesitant on like yo don't do this Cameron or were they like all in
2: for you um that, that's gonna be it it depended on who I talked to my college roommates because they were close to me and I was very close to them I I shared finances to them I showed them everything and they're like yeah that, that seems like a good choice um and they were seniors anyway so they're gonna be graduating soon as well but uh There's always going to be people, and especially my friends, I had a few that aren't really supportive, and it's more so, you know, people just, they don't understand. And so it was kind of weird talking to my friends, because after a while, I don't want to seem braggy, I don't want to seem like the guy that's always talking about work, and that's kind of how it became, so it's just weird you got to be around like-minded people and I think around that point of dropping out of college and going to do everything on my own I knew that I needed to be around people that were going to support that and people that are kind of chasing the same thing because that was what would motivate me to keep going because when you're talking to people that are partying every weekend and that's kind of their focus it's not really a good conversation to have so a lot of them just didn't really care they're like yeah, yeah. you do you how, how did you find your peer group I think
0: it's a great point you know setting up your environment that supports where you want to go if you're you know starting up a company starting up a business and you got all your friends that are you know partying and having fun which which is fine right but that's probably not in support of your vision and where you were going so how did you find your peer group and like-minded people to align with and support you in that environment
2: yeah so two two kind of groups first of all there's actual people and then there was the content that i was watching i think the content that i was watching was helping a lot because i heard uh some uh like You know, Gary Vandertruck or somebody say, take an hour every day and be nothing but productive. If you take that hour and do not take, put your phone away, put everything away, and just put everything towards it, you'll accomplish a lot more than you thought. I was putting more hours than that, but uh, so listening to people like camera reviews all day, every day, and surrounding my people with that—it's not a physical person, but hearing that in my ear every single day motivated me to keep going. And then, as far as physical people, um, it wasn't finding one person that's exactly like me. I have groups that kind of bring out each side of me that I like so I have my party friends the people that I can go out with and feel like I'm in college again and have a great time with and then I have the people that I'll go sit down with and and it's all business that's all we talk about and that's all of our goals and everything and I can't surround myself with one all the time I have to really diversify and kind of and it's nice because I get to break up my personality a little bit if I'm in a, if I had a long day and I just want to go out and have a beer and have a good time I go with my party friends I I don't have to focus on work with them and then when if I'm I need to feel motivated I go out with my you know business-minded friends huh wow yeah that's pretty good that you could separate it like that that's yeah. great
1: and like you said watching reviews and all that stuff do you still do that uh or do you kind of you feel like you know a lot more and you At, don't really every
2: single day uh, i think my youtube statistics say that i watch 15 hours of youtube a week and those 15 hours all go to educational content whether it's ted talks or any sort of a, like business minded there's even like uh Like there's a channel right now I'm watching breaking down like fake gurus and business and and things like that. And it's so entertaining to watch and just learn more about not only industries that are mine, but industries that I might be working with so I can have more education in that. Because when I break into, when I go to a real estate firm, the fact that I know so much about real estate is impressive to them. So I just want to be prepared that if I'm going to, you know, an insurance firm, I want to know how their business works. I want to know a little bit more about it so I can be a little bit more educated and and kind of, you know, know where they're coming from.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think like you said, you know, 15 hours of YouTube educational, I think, one of the biggest things is with our generation specifically, I think that people go on YouTube and they use it, you know, for entertainment purposes, you know, watching so-and-so subscribers, but you, and I do that too. And a few other people use it towards, you know, educational use. I think that's something that the older generation sees is, Oh, you know, they're just using YouTube for yeah entertainment.
2: Yeah. and, And it's definitely not. And that was, uh, yeah a lot of the older generation would say that i left college because i don't like education i love education learning something new that i get to you know tell somebody about or get to know on my own i I love that so youtube is just a more efficient form of education for me instead of having to do paperwork and you know exams and things like that that i didn't necessarily agree with part of my degree was like astronomy and like biology (laughs) and all these things that i was just like man i i i don't know why i'm doing this i don't think this is going to help me in my career uh, but I'm not going to be that guy to be like, well, when am I going to use this in my real life? So wow. I just left.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, yeah, that, what a great point. Like taking ownership of your education and your training and and then it's accessible now. Like, you know, me growing up, it was, it's like you know, <laughs> and then you go to a shelf and now we have this instant access. I know Alicia in our office calls. Uh, I say, well, can you get that done? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, have you ever done it before? She goes, no but i'll gts and i'm like gts she goes yeah i'm gonna google that shit i'm like oh (laughs) okay so it's really changed that uh we have access to this information at our fingertips and what a powerful habit to get into to be able to review that and and spend dedicated time every week that's that's impressive i think to work on your business versus in it so tell us a little bit as you started getting staffed so you know you start a business you're You're starting to roll, you see it's working, and now you kind of have a critical point do you do you get other people to help you know make this happen, or do you yeah. stick on your own as a solo practitioner or a slave to your business in essence?
2: Yeah, and that that's a great word for it. like a critical point because I think everyone that starts a business and reaches that point knows exactly where it is, where you're at max capacity and you start to turn around people, tearing away people, which just doesn't feel right. And for you to have to turn away people because you're at capacity, you start to make that decision of, do I keep turning people away and be more of an exclusive product or do I start bringing on staff to be able to help more people? Um, and for me, it was tough. And it, especially for me doing everything. I mean, my life consists of, I had three or four real estate shoots a day. I booked them, I had all the phone calls, I did everything on my own. I would go shoot them and I'd come back and edit until three or four in the morning to get all of them done for the next day. So I, I wasn't sleeping a lot. My mental health wasn't great. I just was like work 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 as much as I could because I really want to make this thing work And your your turnaround time was it was 24 hours at the beginning yeah, It's it's, it's still, still 24 hours Which and I, is and that, great. That's a huge set aside compared to everyone else And that really sucks whenever it came to hiring, comes to hiring staff because the first staff that we hired My first staff was actually an assistant an executive assistant uh, That I got through a service uh, belay that offers executive assistance, and it was uh it was a it was just tough because i went from doing things on my own which i was very comfortable with to having to train somebody that was new i was paying her i think like 38 an hour as well and that was just the starting rate to get somebody that i thought would be competent and be able to do it you know quickly uh she had a lot of a great resume but she came on she helped a ton and i think that was a great since when she came on i realized that there are people uh, they're going to do it better than I could do it, that I was so stretched thin that I had in my mind that I was the best person to do everything. And it wasn't true. Because when I could allocate everything over to videography and editing and all that, and my marketing, and she took care of all of my client communications, uh, she, I mean, that was 100% of her effort. So she could just go right into doing that. And I knew that if I got a team where everyone had their own focus, someone focused on the editing, someone focused on the shooting, someone focused on the marketing, that, that would help us all considerably because we'd all be specialized in our own job. So um, but the 24 hour turnaround time that hurt because we, uh, I promised that cause it was me and then I go get an editing team out of Hollywood and we had to, uh, through the cloud, send them hundreds of gigabytes of video overnight, have them get it in the morning, edit it, send it all back to us within that 24 hour period, actually within 12 hours. So we could send it to our client within the 24 hour period, wow. uh, which was considerably more expensive and hurt our margins a little bit, but we've changed that since now everyone's local in Charlotte. Um, and it's it's much faster so we can actually do turnaround times in as little as six hours now which is nuts
1: and that's way way more advanced and faster than everyone else yeah talk
0: about disrupting a market i mean you come in with drones you have a whole new way of recording things doing things different specializing but then the turnaround time that's that's yeah. Well, I came wow. into
2: it. And I saw the the three things that these realtors were getting frustrated with and concerned with was first of all, just the ease of it, of whenever they get videos, a lot of these people are older. They don't really know how to work with files and how to upload to different uh, servers, YouTube, unbranded and all that, uh, how to resize photos. And so for me to come in, I, I identified that immediately and said, okay, we need to just very quickly get this to where we deliver it and it's just download and go. Uh, so we resize everything for them. We do everything we can in terms of real estate. Uh, we upload everything for them. We do everything to make it. So all they have to do is pay us. We get out there and shoot it and we do the rest. The next thing was timing is they all were obsessed with timing. Every client in real estate wants their stuff done yesterday. And so I knew that if we could get these 24-hour turnaround times compared to the people doing two or three-day turnaround times, we definitely stand out. And then the other thing was timing on site. So the cameras that we use and and the way that we do it, uh, most people are on site for four or five hours shooting a home and we're in and out for a full photo video package with an hour and 15 minutes. So we don't have to kick the client out all day anymore. They get to sit there. We can just put them upstairs while we do the bottom and switch off. So... Uh, yeah, definitely trying to disrupt that market. So
0: is there one big challenge or time you wanted to quit, Cameron, and you kept going? And how did you get through it? What was the big challenge? And then how did you get through it?
2: Um, I would say more of a mental challenge, not a physical challenge. I, I've been really blessed to not have many physical obstacles to overcome. Aside from my age, uh, that was the only thing that I ever really came from was Uh, People seeing me as younger and not trusting me. But as I said before, I think that I was in a market that people could trust me because it's all technology. We're actually more qualified to do this, I feel like, than people that didn't grow up playing video games and coding and doing all the things that we've done. But definitely the biggest mental challenge was uh, the second I dropped out, I dropped out in December, on December 6th. And I moved into my new apartment uh, and the phone didn't ring at all. And I I was like, I just, I ruined it. Like I I just dropped out of college and I'm not getting any calls or anything. I just, I'm not gonna be able to be with my friends. I'm not gonna be able to graduate on time. Uh, it was December. It's the holidays. Nobody's calling. And so I sat there and every day I'd wake up and be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'd have panic attacks. It was, it was so scary. And then January second hit, which was when everyone had their new year's resolutions for marketing. And I think the first two days of January, I did $16,000 in sales. And I just like, I, I went to my parents and I was like, I, I made the, like, I went through a dark period of sitting there saying no one's going to call anymore. And then it all came back because it was just not the right season for it. And for me, I think that that happens a lot where if three days go by and no one calls every entrepreneur sits there and goes like is this it like is this the time that this is all going to crumble and it just isn't and so i've had to keep kind of overcoming that because there are times when you know three or four days go we don't book any shoots or anything like that or i look at my schedule i don't have any shoots for two days in a row and i'm like man this is this isn't good like i should be working so that was that was the biggest fear for me was just identifying that it's okay to have time off and right. it's okay to have those kind of slow seasons
0: that's powerful and i think separating out the facts versus what we think, feel, you know, inside, it might not be true, right? We might be thinking things, feeling things, but yeah, you know, with holiday. You know, that's when you have to step back and kind of look at it. I think yeah, that's a lot of people struggle at.
2: Yeah.
0: Very powerful. Well, well Cameron, great to connect with you on the podcast. 20 going on 50, bridging the multi-generational gaps. What's a shout out to you on your um, your firm? Is there a website that people can go to if they need help with this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Skyvisionsusa.com, and that's plural, so Skyvisions with an S. USA.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I put put a lot of my work on there, all the adventures that I'm going on, and that's going to be Cameron Glenn, which is uh, C A M E R O N G L E N N.
1: Yeah, and we'll tag
2: that in the description as well. Perfect. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Hey thanks Cameron, Cameron thanks. Great thank connecting. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you. Talk to you
0: later.
1: Here's a summary of three of the most important parts we found from Cameron Glenn's interview. Number one, when making a major shift in life or business, get advice from elders, such as parents. Have milestones and have a plan, and remember that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Number two, always be a consistent student of life and business, always learning and always creating a hunger for yourself. Number three, what makes your business different and unique? Cameron used drones and had a 24-hour turnaround and specialized with realtors and other business owners. Thank you guys again for listening to 20 Going on 50. Please feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns. And as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and anything else with your friends and family.